Are you paving the way for the life you want? Facing decisions that may affect you personally and financially? The Decision Dialogues podcast, brought to you by Modera Wealth Management, presents personal stories about navigating through life's pivotal moments. Narratives that we hope will inspire you as you create your own story. You'll learn what influenced their next steps and gain insights that could help you with your own critical choices. Welcome to Decision Dialogues. Thanks for joining us on Decision Dialogues. We're thrilled to have you along. My name is Jennifer Faraday, and I'm the Chief Client Experience Officer at Modera Wealth Management, LLC. Today, my colleague, Tom Arecchio, who is a CEO, Principal, and Wealth Manager at Modera Wealth Management, and I will be chatting with JJ Cractus of Conrad's. Conrad's Confectionery is a family-owned business featuring homemade ice cream, chocolate, and candy. Conrad's is the oldest business in Westwood and one of the oldest in New Jersey, founded in 1928. Very impressive. I can't wait to hear more about that. Modera's Westwood office is right down the street from this iconic establishment. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Thank you, Jennifer. So, JJ, very excited to do this podcast with you. I'm a lifer. I've been going to Conrad since I'm a little boy and always love the ice cream, uh, love walking up to the window outside as a kid, just nothing more exciting uh, than getting an ice cream cone in the summer. So how, how did Conrad's get its start? Uh, so Conrad's got its start. Fred Conrad, the original proprietor, actually came over from South Africa. He was orphaned in the Boer War and he came to live with an aunt in the United States. And he came to New Jersey and decided to take uh, confectionery classes in New York City. He went there to classes, started the business in 1928. And then in the 30s, my grandfather started working for him as a soda jerk and became a partner eventually. It's been in my family ever since. So I'm the third generation in my family. My grandfather worked for Fred Conrad, the, who started the business. And so what made you decide to get involved in the family business? Uh, I guess serendipity played a, a large part. I went to school for engineering, got a bachelor's of engineering and spent almost two years in the field of um, in a municipal engineering capacity. And then I didn't love the uh, office environment. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, I didn't see myself long-term. So went out with the surveyors when that opportunity came to be outside and you know, always in the back of my mind, even in college, you know, I thought about this business, the legacy, and then a lot of things came together and it just became the path to take. You know, Tom said, how did you decide to get into family business? And so that word decide is interesting because with family businesses, sometimes you don't have really a choice. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's kind of, you know, expected that you will. Is that what happened with you? It's a mixed bag. One parent was no choice and one parent was like the opposite direction you know so it was it was a mixed bag but in the end it all worked out wonderfully so uh every everybody's happy with uh how it's progressed and how long have you been at the helm about 17 years ago i guess i started working for sort of sweat equity uh earning shares of the business i've been sole owner i guess about Got to go so quickly, but I'd estimate around six six years. I've been a hundred percent owner. And is it turning out to what you envisioned seventeen years ago? Is it different? I think fourteen years ago, I stopped envisioning. 
<laughs> and um, 14 years ago, I just envisioned a lot of different paths. One of my favorite analogies for business is mining. And you put shafts in the ground and you see how the, the ore is. And it's good to have a lot of shafts in the ground when one dries up, but it's harder to have more. Um, so I had um, a lot of vision uh, for what could happen, but now I don't um, put any hard stock into it and sort of ride the wave of where the business is directing itself and where it's telling me to go and constantly try to try new things and constantly try to improve the things that are, are working. So running a small business is, there are a lot of things that are similar in running a small business, whether it's your business or our business, but there are things that are certainly unique to your business. Tell us some of the things that are unique to Conrad's and how you tackle those issues. Uh, yeah, the first thing that jumps out to me would be the business model being quote unquote antiquated. Uh, you don't see gooseneck soda parlors all right, you know, you have to go a long way to see a genuine soda fountain that's been open since 1928. Um, and there's a reason for that. So I think the business model is somewhat unique. And that's been a challenge over the years, sort of when and what to adapt and how to change properly. Uh, so that's that's kind of been unique to Conrad's. And all the generational aspect is a wonderful, unique part of Conrad's to have that um, customer base. You know, nothing's better than to swap stories with someone who's you would have been with my grandparents' right. uh, generation. You know, or to see four generations. I've we've actually had four generations of customers in the same booth. You know, at the same time, a little baby and a you know great grandma. You know, so those are somewhat unique to my business. So it's. I appreciate them. What do you like most about the business? It suits me. It's it's extremely challenging, but I couldn't just work with my mind. I couldn't just work with my hands. I enjoy shifting roles and being able to use the business to scratch all kinds of different itches. So that's what one of the things I enjoy most about it. So 17 years in, you obviously have a lot of wisdom not just knowledge, but wisdom on, on working in the business and working on the business. If you could rewind 17 years, what would be the piece of advice you'd give yourself 17 years ago? Yeah, so I would tell myself, um, mind my own perfectionism and OCD and not to waste energy in that, just to be more aware of, of those two aspects of my personality. My example being, like, first thing I did was let's get a website. Website's got to be, it was like when websites were new <laughs> for, for businesses like this. Sure. And I learned Photoshop and I spent so many hours making the pictures look good. Whereas, you know, a little bit more of slap the picture up and sell the nonpareils kid <laughs> would have been, you know, something I, I would, you know, I would have done. Uh, that's good. So that's the advice you would give yourself What's the best piece of advice you receive from someone else? That would have to be my grandpa in a prophetic moment, I guess, when I was growing up, you know, just a kid coming into Conrad's, watching him do whatever he was doing at the time. I remember he turned to me and he said, take care of the quality and this business will take care of you. That's great. Yeah. And 
it's just been one of the foundations of the designing and uh, running the business. What do you, what would you say is the biggest challenge to running the business? Oh, man, it's I think the so many plates you have to spin is one of the biggest challenges not having enough time really to give any one aspect of the business and managing that energy in a way where I can grow, get more people on board and you know give each aspect of the business the human attention it really requires. Okay. I know that the business can be somewhat seasonal. I know that there are certain times of the year where the chocolate part of your business is huge, whether it's around the holidays or uh, again, around Easter. And then obviously the ice cream in the summertime. Do you have a favorite of, of the seasons? I, uh, I appreciate the change. I often tell people by the time you're sick of candy, it's ice cream time. <laughs> and then by the time you're sick of ice cream, it's candy time. And they're, the the candy is like build, 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 inventory, inventory for the holiday. The holiday comes up and then things, you know, you go crazy. Everything's empty. It's a disaster. You start picking up the pieces. But and then ice cream's a grind. You know, weather's good. Sales are good. Weather's bad. Sales are bad. But like sort of day in, day out. And they're both. Uh, I appreciate being able to jump into both of those modes. That's great. Tell me a little bit about your people. Have you had long-term employees? Yeah, yeah. So what my mom taught me was the people aspect of the business and the uh, the importance of keeping people happy. Um, and we actually have one of my employees is, I'm the third boss she worked for. So she started in high school for my grandparents. Wow. And then she worked for my parents and now I'm the boss, you know, so like in a way, she's more of a cornerstone than, than any of us. Wow, that's great. <laughs> One of my closest friends, his wife works for you and she's been working there a long time. And I tease her every time I come in, what a, what a sweet job she has. And she, she finds some humor in it. Who's that? Sharon. Oh, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, Sharon. you're kidding. Yeah. Oh, you're friends great. with Sean? Yeah. I've known the Esmonds for a long time. Billy oh, and I right. are very close friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sharon, Sharon started for my grandparents in oh, high that, school. That's great. That's yeah. fantastic. Very nice to hear. That must be so rewarding in, in many ways, right? Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. What I hope to be a part of, because I'm an engineer, you know, I see the world, everybody wants the same thing and we all get more of it working together. And why isn't it? working out as well as it could be. And I just want to, in this time, I'm very uh, optimistic about how um, systems and communication can pair with the business models that facilitate that for everybody's mutual happiness. Uh, and I'm hoping to be somewhat part of that in my designs and sharing that someday in the future. So I asked what was one of your greatest challenges earlier. Let's talk about recent challenge. How did you guys fare getting through the pandemic? Yeah, I uh, lost a lot of hair, <laughs> I think. Lost what, what was left. It was uh, very challenging. So for some background, Easter's our biggest holiday. So we, like I said, you build, you build, you build all your inventory. The shutdown happened I think three or four weeks before Easter, like literally worst possible time for us. When I also signed a lease for March 1st for our expansion facility. Wow. So that was 
you know, that was very uh, interesting. It's incredibly challenging. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but because of the people we had and just because of the, the love of all the employees, like getting through it together, we just faced every day and every challenge that popped up, you know, as best we could. And if it wasn't for my team, you know, uh, we wouldn't be here. And we just, we just faced it together. And I think that's the bottom, the bottom line of what you got to do. But it was, yeah, it was a trip, man. And it's not over. No, it's not over. The, the supply chain, you can't get anything, right. you know, it, Pricing. You know, kind what of, kind of pivots did you have to make specifically? during that time in terms of like, did you have to think about different ways to grow the business, how to reach different, how to reach customers, different inventory? Absolutely. First pivot was I'm sitting on like 15% of my annual revenue that usually goes in the next three weeks. And if it doesn't, I'm tapped from a uh, cash flow perspective as far as like line of credit. So it's like, what, can I get 10% of that out the door? You know, the, the initial question was, can we be in business? And like, thank God they determined takeout food was okay. So, you know, if people need cheeseburgers and fries, you can make a case they need ice cream. So we started going at it serendipitously. And because we're a growing business, we had just uh, got our entire product catalog onto uh, Shopify, everything inventoried. So transitioning to a hundred percent phone call, uh, internet based sales model. Whereas typically it was 80, 20 in-store to online. Now we're hundred percent online and does this framework have what it takes to, um, to get it done. My first full-time hire was my cousin, Tony's, uh, kind of tech whiz had experience with, uh, logistics and things like that. And, you know, with spit and duct tape day by day, you know, he kept that, kept things going, you know, ripped down all the merchandising shelves set up packing stations serendipitously we had trucks because we're moving into the expansion was moving into events and things so use the trucks direct door delivery uh and we managed to get it all out the door which was looking back i i can't even believe it honestly like would you say one of the blessings was it it kind of forced you to change your business model a bit uh, and that's something that'll stick going forward Absolutely. There's a lot of silver linings to it. And that, that was one of them being able to realize we can offer next day delivery, sort of like an Amazon. So we, you know, when Christmas comes, you know, it's just as easy to get your candy gifts delivered next day. So that convenience factor. So there's a number of silver linings to the stress. And I would say with the, because you have that history and you have these customers that probably know you from growing up, but they don't necessarily live locally. Now you have this whole other market that you might be able to reach if they Absolutely. moved away, something like that, where they can get Conrad's just like they were, you know, back in Westwood. Absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of people out there looking for an Easter bunny that couldn't get it their traditional way, you know, and we're, we were shipping. So we ate the shipping and did free shipping through the entire Northeast just to move product uh, from a cash flow standpoint. And uh, probably built a decent amount of customers, you know, who tried us for the first time because of that. So how do you build on that? Because it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a big part of your business going forward. 
I mean, some people like, look, I'm a, like I said, I'm a lifer and I live right around the corner from Westwood. I only found out recently that you ship because I'm so close with the Esmond family. And they told us that, oh yeah, we ship now. And how do you get that word out? Yeah. You know, I struggle with that. It's a great point. I ran into someone who lived in Westwood for 30 years and didn't know we sold ice cream. What? Like <laughs> it was a candy customer. Oh, boy. And I've done a lot of thinking about it. And what I've come to th- realize is, um, you know, we are so inundated. Every business is trying to get in our heads. So we walk around the world with a natural defense mechanism of uh, like, we got these walls Yep. because otherwise, you know, your brain space is going to be co-opted by a business. It's amazing. The best is always is word of mouth. Yep. That's always the best. And then cross-selling. I got a lot of different mine shafts in the gra- ground right now. We're doing events, birthday parties. I have the trucks. Um, so we have delivery locally. We're, we deliver nationally candy, you know, so developing a team in-house for content creation is my biggest goal in the, uh, I'd say next year or two, as far as facilitating communication to, to my customers, because a video and a quick video, you could do a lot more if you can produce content, uh, in-house and just constantly get it out there. So have you done any co-marketing or, or, um, delivery to commercial? where they don't have that in-house and you become their outsourced opportunity? I mean, you're doing birthdays. Are you doing events anywhere? Uh, how do you mean commercial? Well, well. so uh, have you partnered with any any other retail outfits where they don't do what you do but could offer it because they put on uh, other events or birthday parties where you could be their supplier? Yes, that's uh, actually um, right now it's sort of the swim club to me. So it's, you know, I would love to place a freezer or in a, a cart at a swim club or a country club. Right. And I'm actually working with someone right now. And my new product line is the sweets and treats menu, which is our homemade ice cream sandwich, prepackaged ice creams, essentially. So everything's prepackaged and designed to be able to do that. And where I could just you know, fill the freezer, check in, do the inventory. So uh, right now we're looking for partners like that and just I'm brainstorming. And if you got any thoughts, uh, I'd love to hear them. But like the the swim club is a great fit. Country clubs are a great fit. I even like have some vision of a um, either a car dealership or a Knights of Columbus that's on like a busy road. And, you know, partnering up with them, somehow making it work where we're either attracting attention or a certain per- percentage of the proceeds go to the, the benefit of their choice. Right. A lot of the towns in the area do town days, yeah. usually over the summer or in September to end the summer. And they're always looking for sponsors and you could park a cart. Oh, yeah. That's what the the expansion was in, in large part towards big events. We uh, were a part of Mawa Food Truck Festival huh. and Old Japan Town Day is something we might be doing in, uh, I think, September. But yeah, that, that was like, that was what I was looking f- towards with the expansion and some corporate gift type stuff. And those both dried up instantly. <laughs> so the way I even learned that you ship was my son broke his uh, shoulder back in uh, April and your ice cream sandwiches showed up in our front door. Oh, right. which was great. Yeah. He yeah. was thrilled. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to dig in. 
Yeah, so we do we do the ice cream uh, locally. I think uh, most of the towns in Bergen County we do next day, and uh, so I have like software in the works because I got the trucks and you know theoretically with the right people I can run them all day long. So we want to be able to do almost like pizza delivery too with the sweets and treats menu. So you can if you're in the backyard at the barbecue, you know, just right. hanging out, like ordering. You know, hopefully we'll be there as soon as possible. That's great. Yeah. So it sounds like a fair amount of expansion going on at your place. Yeah, definitely expanding. Like I said, our old business model, it's the foundation and bedrock of who we are, but with essentially labor costs in New Jersey's doubling from where we started. So that's going to be a huge challenge. How does that soda fountain look? I mean, I I can have 40 or 50 high school and college kids on the payroll working for me. So figuring out how to make that work. It's going to be nice to have different uh, areas of the business to um, different minds in the, bringing in different cash flow to be able to figure out how to adapt to that. That's great. So it sounds like with this expansion, there's going to be a fair amount of new parts of the business to manage. Do you have a favorite book or, or author or a method of learning about business and how you can expand it? Yeah, I wish I had time to read. <laughs> <laughs> um i i definitely i'm more of a podcast guy I, I listen to a lot of podcasts honestly lou lamorello the old De new jersey devil's manager yep i think GM. was yeah gm was a big influence on me of how to you know how to run the run the business so he he, he jumps out as as sort of uh someone i've always i think learned from not even realizing it, just being a huge Devils fan growing up. Yeah, he did it in two sports. Yeah. And yeah. he built a dynasty with the Devils. Yeah. A lot of what he said was, you know, spoke to the core of a long-term quality product, long-term business model that, that I'm trying to achieve. So um, where do you think you'd like to take the business next? What's the big... Uh, is it the online sales we've been talking about? Is it delivery? Franchise? I don't know if you'd ever think of that or, or opening up another location. Yeah, I think it's the new locations where it is like that next big step in my mind. So um, space is a huge factor in Burton County with the prices of everything. We got this, uh, I guess, 1,500 square foot extra production space and instantly, you know, I need more, but it's so expensive. So the thought now with real estate is absolutely crazy. Commercial real estate's kind of high too, but I think like Avenue retail real estate is maybe not so high, not even positive. But if uh, Fred Conrad didn't buy the building and pass it along with the business, the business wouldn't be here. So the there's a lesson there in um, considering purchasing a building that I could uh, – on a retail, second retail Conrad's with an apartment above, I could live, um, sort of make it work cash flow wise, and then start that second store. And my vision for increasing production would uh, is sort of instead of a large factory producing everything, I'd sort of like to, if the trend is such that retail is more affordable. I'd like to maybe combine each new retail establishment with a one aspect of the production. So, 
you know, this store would, would be the clusters and bark store. You know, this store could be things that would work on a small hand basis, which is a lot of what we do uh, because we're, you know, we're, um, a lot of our stuff is, is by hand. So that's sort of my vision as far as increasing production as well as sales and then having the, the online shipping, the driving the truck to a place like that can all work out of a, a central facility warehouse type type place. So that's sort of where my head's at right now. You put a smile on a lot of people's faces with what you do. We're going to wrap up with one last question that we always ask, and that is, what was the last non-financial related decision that you made today, yesterday, most recently? Whether to clean up that mess in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a big no. (laughs) That's good. Because this is all audio, right? (laughs) This is all audio. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I look forward to seeing you over the summer for sure. Thanks for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. So thanks very much to Tom and JJ for letting us listen in on their conversation. We appreciate their time and perspective. And thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time on Decision Dialogues for more stories from successful business owners. So long for now. Thank you for listening to Decision Dialogues. We hope you found today's stories helpful for your own decision-making. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, you can subscribe on your preferred podcasting app or visit our website, where you'll also find show notes and important disclosures. www.moderowealth.com forward slash decision dialogues. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.